Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Hello and welcome to episode 136 of Lesbians Who Write. This week's topic is The Grand Gesture. Joining me, Claire Lydon, is my co-host, the opulent and very grand, T.B. Markinson. Hello, T.B. How are you today? I'm extremely grand today. I'm sitting here in my Mickey Mouse pajamas. <laughs> I just bring grand wherever I go. It, it should be your middle name, I think. Oh, yeah. Everyone's associates me with grand or stylish or all the all the cool stuff so how are things going with me so um i've sent lizzie back to the editor to go over the changes i've made to the file so that means i am one step closer to doing that thing i always hate to do the final read everyone probably knows who listens regularly how much i love the final read but if you are not a regular listener and you're just tuning in today thank you thank you for listening but I just want to spell it out for you. I absolutely hate the final read. I fucking hate that fucker. In my humble opinion, is one of the worst parts of being a writer. <laughs> that final fucking read. And the reason for it is because I've spent so much time with this book. I've read it, and I've read it, and I've read it. And then you have to like really try to get it out of your head that you know what words are coming. So you can check for all the misplaced like letters or the words that... Or homophones that sound like one word, but you've actually spelled it the wrong way, stuff like that. So, oh, I have to do that soon. I'm not looking forward to it. Can I pay you to do it? No, no amount of money would make me do it. But nice Damn try. It. I think you can probably get somebody to do it on Fiverr for a Fiverr. I'm sure they'll do a great <laughs> job. Great job. Yes, probably better than me, though, <laughs> considering how much I hate it. Oh, so what else is going on over here? So November is the month that I set aside to sort through all the submissions for the 2020, 20, wait, 2022? Is that right? Did I get that right? There's mm-hmm. a lot of twos in that. Yeah, there is. So the 2022 I Heart Lesbic Reading Challenge. So this is the first round of submissions that will help us determine what categories we select for the challenge. So it's going to be what categories made the cut, which one had the most uh, submissions for books and everything. But if you haven't submitted your books yet, don't fret. I'm writing it down. No, I haven't submitted anything. (laughs) So don't fret. Uh, More than likely, we will keep the submission forms up because once we pare down the categories, we're going to fix the forms to have only the categories that are being featured so authors can still submit stuff. And we'll probably keep them up during 2022, and we'll just keep taking the categories that have already been featured off. That way we can keep getting new uh, books submitted. So... Say you don't know yet that you want to write a fake relationship book, but you end up writing it, and that's like one of the last categories we feature in 2022. You can still submit it. So we want to be as fair as possible. I don't like deadlines. Can you tell I don't like deadlines? So I'm just like not doing a deadline. Loosey-goosey deadlines. That's the kind we like. So in good news, now that I'm fully recovered from that dreaded illness, I hate sinus infections, I was able to go hiking and I had to sport my hideous bright orange hoodie for the first time so I don't get shot by a hunter. I'm really excited. Can you tell how excited I am about my new hiking gear? I think maybe we need a picture of it, uh, you in this hiking gear, for, for the uh, next picture you have on the podcast episodes. 
It's possible. I'm already preparing to have a picture taken for episode 136, which is what we're recording now. Okay, good, good. I'll look forward to it. But, you know, uh, it's all in a good cause, right? Because we don't want you getting shot. No, I hear it hurts. Mm. (laughs) And I don't have the passwords. I don't have the passwords for the Lesbians Who Write account, so be difficult. Oh, I have... I have a fail safe for that. If something does happen to me, all passwords for all the different stuff will get dispersed. Don't worry. Okay. They'll come your way. All right. <laughs> so don't worry about that. You're covered on that end. But yeah, so that's what's going on here. I have to read Lizzie yet again, and I'm really looking forward to it, if you can't tell. And uh, I'm trying to go hiking again, because it's not 100 degrees with 90% humidity anymore. It's actually decent weather to go hiking. Good. Uh, is this going to be the last book in the Lizzie series, or does she uh, continue on? Uh, she continues. Lizzie just won't die. I have the amount of time I have thought about how to do that, but I'm like, it's in first person. I'm like, do I just say, it's getting dark, it's getting cold, <laughs> and then dot dot dot? I don't think I can. Over here, uh, work-wise, I'm plodding on with my nano book or my nana book, as I like to think of it uh, lately. I've got the plot loosely done now and my co-workspace is um, working well so that's good it's very calming actually and um, this is in like a whole complex they're calling it the design district in Greenwich so there's like 16 brand new buildings some of them are taken by universities some of them are taken by businesses and I'm in one of the two co-work buildings Uh, but one of them has got I think one of the universities on the third floor they've got a basketball court in the sky so they've got like a clear net around it, but it's basically in the sky. And, and my co-work space is on the third floor, so I can look out over the basketball court. I've never seen anyone playing basketball yet, but... You guys like in London have like stuff in the sky. Isn't there like a pool at some place in London now where it's like see-through, so it's like, but it's high up and people can swim? Why are you so uh, focused on the sky these days? <laughs> are you are you Are you preparing for when we all have to leave the planet to go to space because we're fucking up the planet is that the deal maybe or it could be because we're short on space but i don't know maybe it's because we're going to space i like that one better it's more exciting isn't it that option um so yeah so that that's um chugging along um my audiobook for um so i've had two audiobooks things happen this week one is an audiobook snafu so this is just to let everyone know as we always say uh, we all make we make mistakes all the time. We're not perfect, but it doesn't matter because you know you can just rectify the mistake and move on. But basically, what happened was I was uploading the audiobook for Big London Dreams at the same time I was uploading the ebook and paperback for Change of Heart. Oh, so <laughs> <laughs> two things at once? Oh no! So luckily, I did it this way round and not the other way round, which would have been worse. But basically, I put the the blurb for Change of Heart into the audiobook for Big London Dreams, and then hit. And this was on Find Away Voices, which is my distributor to all the other audiobook platforms all around the world. So, and it's it it, it does accept them really quickly, like within twenty four hours. And I don't think that they really check your metadata. I think maybe they do a quick check of your actual book, but they don't check your metadata. And it took a reader getting in touch with me and just said, I've just seen your book on Scribd, 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 whatever that platform is called. And uh, it's got the the blurb for Change of Heart and it's Big London Dreams Audio. So thank you to that reader. But also if you are a reader and you you see something that's not quite right and you think, oh, well, I'm sure that the author knows that. No, we don't. 
we actually don't so thank you to that reader for getting in touch and uh, you know within 24 hours I changed it and then within 24 hours it gone through the system I checked the script and it's all updated so just be aware that if you are uploading two things you can easily go wrong that's why I never try to do two things at once because I've done it where I've fucked shit up um yeah things happen and also on the comment you just made about a reader getting in touch with you and letting you know mm. I recently had a reader get in touch with I can't remember what book now but there was a minor bit that kind of changed the ending where I literally just had to go in and delete like four words yeah but it did help mm. and she was like I'm really nervous to let you know I haven't really done this before and I was like no thank you we want to know <laughs> we do want to know Yes, no, we absolutely want to know. So if you do ever see anything, do get in touch with the author. And even if they've already sorted it out, it's it's never a bad thing. I think people are sometimes scared about getting in touch, but um, no, don't be scared. We, we appreciate it. Um, the other audiobook news is that I did think I was close to um, nailing down an author for uh, a narrator. Not, no, that sounds a bit aggressive, doesn't it? Um, Finalising a narrator for Change of Heart, uh, then they said that they couldn't do it. So that's a shame because this narrator was had a really nice Scottish accent but not too much because I don't want it to go too Scottish so that people can't understand it but I would like a little bit of Scottish but I'm actually wondering now do I need it I was listening to an audiobook recently by my new favorite um, romance author Shari Lowe she writes straight romance brilliant romantic comedies anyway I was listening to an audiobook by her and all her she's a Scottish uh, author and all her books have Scot are based in people from Glasgow basically but her audiobooks, they just, they're not, they don't have accents. So I'm wondering now, do I need a Scottish accent? But I would quite like it, I think. But I don't want too much. The search goes on. The Scottish accent for me is one of the harder ones. Scottish and, and Welsh. When you go to pubs in Scotland, and if you're American, they know it's hard. And I think they put it on even extra thick for you. Because <laughs> you just, like, I do that, like, little puppy head. Like, puppy dog turn of the head. And, and I think they enjoy torturing me. Yes. So you, you have to be careful not to do too much of an accent because a lot of us are going to be like, huh? Yes, exactly. I'm very aware that I've got a lot of uh, American readers and listeners and, and not even American, just people from all over the world who aren't, who, who are, I mean, even some British people, um, some not British, some English people struggle to understand Scottish accents. Uh, so but obviously I do want a very soft one. Uh, a soft lilt, but I think a, a soft lilt would be nice. But I'm umming and ahhing at the moment. So um I was hoping to have that on commissioned, but I haven't done it yet, so that's a bit rubbish. But in, in exciting news, uh, this weekend I'm going on a spa break. So my friend who lives in Oxford, for my for my birthday, she said, would you like to come over to here? She's a member of a fancy dancy club, and she said, I'll book us a couple of treatments and take you for lunch as a birthday present. So my birthday troops on TB, and uh, I, yes, I'm going for my final spa break, or spa day, I suppose. And it's going to be nice because my body feels like it needs a bit of a massage and a facial. So that'd be nice. I think you're on the birthday year now because it's like, wasn't your birthday in September? September, yeah. It was only two months ago. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a big birthday, so surely it's allowed to be stretched out a bit, right? No. No? Okay, no. Okay. <laughs> wow, the birthday reaper is in, in the house. Um... I will say as well that uh, I think I don't know what it is, but I think I am. 
I do feel like I'm suffering a bit. I don't know if it's psychosomatic since I turned 50, but I feel like I'm suffering a bit body-wise at the moment. So I'm very aware of it. I'm still, I'm just, to, just as a little reminder to everybody out there, writing is hard on your body. You don't think so when you're younger, I know, but uh, believe me. I used to listen to all those people saying, well, you know, as you get older, you do have to think about these things and you might have to go into um, dictation and all that because it's tough on your hands. And I was thinking, oh, yeah, no, that won't happen to me. No, it's happened to me. So um, do do, uh, do take breaks. Stop scrolling on your phone. I'm doing yoga religiously every morning at the moment. I'm hoping my co-work space is like a different angle for my body that will help it a little bit. I've tried to get back to doing a bit of exercise, but I, I started running again. And that was fine at the time. I quite enjoyed it. And then my body didn't like it the next couple of days. So, um, but I'm looking forward to getting a massage. And whoever thought I'd say that? I used to hate massage. But now I'm like, I think my my shoulders and back need it. Are you getting one of those ones where it's for a treatment where you are like white knuckling the edges of the table? Or are you going to get more of a, just kind of a relaxing where they don't really need the muscles? I'm going to, I'm going to say do it harder than I normally would because uh, I have had experience of it now and I'm I'm a little bit tougher about it. I'd like it to have some effect so I don't just want... I remember I went once went for a hot stone massage and while it was an interesting experience I don't really understand it, you know what I mean? It's like I came out of there and went, well, I just, somebody just put a load of hot stones on me. That's nice. It's literally in the name, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I thought there, was, yeah, <laughs> there was no lying. I'm not sure what I expected but something different. Then be prepared to be a little sore. And what I do, um, drink a lot of water afterwards. Like slam a whole bottle of water. It helps. Okay. Good tips. Yes. Because um, I also get the massages where they hurt. But two days later, I'm like, oh, I can turn my neck. This yes. is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Being able to turn your neck. You know, this is this is the dream we live for here on Lesbians You Write. Right. Got any comments? Comment monitor. First up, we have Joe Havens, a fellow lesbian author, who said, Wanted to tell you not to worry about Claire's sexy voice. I listened to the podcast at 1.7 speed, which makes both of you sound kind of crazy. So thank you for that. So even the British accent at 1.7 is not so sexy. <laughs> I imagine not, no. I do. I listen to podcasts on 1.3 or 1.4 normally, so I know what she means. Sometimes I, I, I listen to them on normal speed and it just sounds like, like, you know, like when you used to have the record players and you used to play it at the lower, lesser speed. No. Are you like an excited British chipmunk? I don't think we get high pitch, we just get quicker. Huh. Alright, so our next comment is from Orissa who says, Hello Claire and TV, I often chortle and guffaw when listening to the podcast, please keep up the groovy and smashing job. That is the end of comments on this end, unless you have something on your end. I've got nothing this week, TB. The sadness, the comment sadness is back, so do send me a comment if you've got one, or, a, or just a hi. You know. Or sing our happy birthday, yeah, yeah. still going, people. <laughs> we did say we were going to say happy birthday every week, didn't we? Say happy birthday, TB. Happy birthday. Yeah. Everybody, happy birthday. Okay. Oh, well, also, I saw... Um, I mentioned I meant to mention it on the last one, but I forgot. Since uh, it's November, did you see Mariah Carey smashing the pumpkins and saying it's no longer Halloween season? It's Christmas. Come on, bitches! It's oh. getting the Christmas food. <laughs> I thought of you when I saw her smashing the pumpkins. I was like, how much would Claire love it if you got to smash the pumpkins with Mariah Carey to celebrate Christmas? 
Would that, like, be a dream come true for you that you didn't even know you had? I know. I never even knew I had it, but I do now. Halloween happened. Not bothered. It's November. It's officially Christmas. Yes. You can listen. You can watch all the movies you want now. You can listen to all the music. Mm. You... You can go to your Christmas parties now. I think you have one coming up. Yeah, no, I actually didn't go. Fucking Claire. I know. <laughs> That's your thing. Even I thought October. Yeah, I'm not going. Anyway, let's get on to the topic at hand, uh, which is the grand gesture. Da, 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 da. So, TB, you're going to take the lead on this one. So, hit me with it. Some of you might be wondering what a grand gesture is. And even if you're not familiar with the phrase... I'm willing to bet you've probably seen them in real life or in books and movies and you just didn't know that we have assigned this fancy phrase for grand gesture. So basically, I'm going to give you the textbook definition first. It's an especially elaborate showy action typically typically to win someone's love. I'm going to kind of pick away at that official textbook definition. The grand gesture is kind of popular in romances because it's the time in the story where the gesture the gesture is not as much about uh, the relationship between the two people as it much is about the character taking action and it's usually the character so if we discuss the romance arc so you have the meet cute the fall in love and then you then you kind of race towards the black moment and then you have them getting back together. So the grand gesture usually takes place after the black moment because it's the character who, if it's just one character, I'm just going to simplify and say it's one character. It's not always one character's fault. There's always a two-way street, but it's usually the character that has taken a misstep or two and has wrecked the relationship. And the grand gesture is usually that character kind of apologizing and saying, man, I was a fucking asshole and I want to get back together. But um, it's not as simple. So I'm going to try and break it down a little bit. But kind of like in real life, a grand gesture in romance needs to be special and about the actual love, your the love interest. Don't be that dude who pops, who proposes marriage in the middle of a marathon like that one guy who busted out into the midst of the runners to pop the question to his girlfriend at mile 16. I don't know how long that poor woman trained for the fucking marathon, (laughs) which I'm guessing is like over a year. And just popping out and popping a question in the middle of a marathon is something that she was doing for herself and you made it all about you. Some people might think this is like the grandest of grand gestures. It's a very douchey move. Don't do it. Did you ever see that? No. Is that a recent thing? It was a few years ago where this guy, like, he literally, she was running the marathon and he, like, got out and, like, proposed. And she was, like, and here's the thing about grand gestures like that. (laughs) If you make it a big spectacle, it screams desperate. And a lot of people are terrified of rejection. And so a lot of the grand gestures that you hear about a lot are the ones that do take place in a very public way, like the guy who proposed marriage during a marathon, or or if you go to a baseball game in America and it's the jumbotron proposal and stuff like that. The problem with that type of grand gesture is you're not making yourself vulnerable. You're not actually 
making a grand gesture, you're making a spectacle, and you're making it very hard for the love interest to say no. The better grand gestures, especially in a romance, are the more intimate ones. Um, they're the ones where the person who has made mistakes and has missteps, and usually they have um, some baggage because we all have baggage, and you have to show the growth of the character accepting that they're not perfect, taking responsibility for the actions they have done that have wrecked the relationship, and apologizing, and also making it all about the other person. And when you do such a big grand gesture like that, I mean, sometimes it's kind of nice. There's like some movies where it does work. I think it's, um, what is the Never Been Kissed, where that does take place on a baseball field where she says she's going to stand on the pitcher's mound and then the guy can kiss her for the very first time. Like sometimes it does work, but I'm guessing in a lot of times, especially in a romance novel, I would caution you against having such a huge grand gesture because it comes across as really hokey and not sincere. Thoughts so far? You're doing well. I'm, I'm nodding, I'm nodding along. Yeah, I agree with you. It's when the lead, one of the lead puts themselves out there, um, and and it has to be vulnerable. It has to be sacrificing uh, something about them themselves or their lives, changing something for the other person, right? And like you said, it doesn't have to be like this massive grand show, but it's got to be grand in the emotional sense, and that is the sense that will resonate with your readers. So yeah, it has to be grand to the love interest. It could be a simple thing, but. Your love interest has to feel like the person has taken a risk, has shown vulnerability, has taken responsibility, and is willing to work hard at moving, taking the next step forward in the relationship. So I was going to give an example if you don't disagree or if you don't want me to, but I was going to give an example from One Golden Summer, the book we co-wrote Okay, yeah, let's do it. All right. So in this book... Um, Saffron, the character I was in charge of, uh, she was a movie star. So, and she was one of the A-list movie stars. She had a lot of money at her disposal. Um, she could have done a huge grand gesture, but her grand gesture to Kirsty, who was a wine shop owner in a small town called Sandy Cove. Sandy Cove. <laughs> Sandy Cove. So. There was a misunderstanding that had to uh, deal with uh, Kirsty's shop. And one of Saffron's way to uh, saying sorry and kind of taking responsibility for her missteps was she she did a sketch of Kirsty's wine shop. I mean, that was a very simple thing to do. That's a grand gesture. And also, she, she took it one step further, but again, it was kind of on the smallish end. Now, remember, this was this is a movie star with millions of dollars at her disposal. Her other grand gesture was Kirsty in the beginning of the novel had mentioned to Saffron that her wine shop just needed a fresh coat of paint. Saffron also helped paint the front of the wine shop and she didn't hire people. Well, she um, had Anton. Was it Anton? Anton, yeah. Had Anton who helped with the whole debacle regarding the shop, which is why Kirsty did the drawing. I won't go into too many details because we do want you to read it. It's a charming, <laughs> it's charming. seaside seaside romance. Charming. 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 But like she and Anton end up painting the shop together. It's kind of like, you know, the phrase less is more. For me at least, I also think it works for grand gestures. The more heartfelt over showy, 
it shows the reader the feels. It shows the character growth. It shows that the uh, main character realizes that there is a hole in their heart, and in order for to fix that hole, they need love, and it's the person that they've just hurt <laughs> that they need to love him. Those are the grand gestures you want to do. Do not be the dude who jumps out in the middle of a marathon and pops the question at mile 16. He couldn't even wait to the fucking end. I know. It's just like, it's the wrong thing to do, but really, right in the middle of a... Oh, I'd be so annoyed. Not only that, but like, what about the other runners who yeah. wasn't involving them? <laughs> don't be that dude. No. <laughs> don't be the one that puts all the pressure because you don't... It has to be sincere and you don't want... To make it where the person has to say yes because that's emotional blackmail. And Indeed. readers will see through that so easily. Yeah. And they don't want that. They want the feels. They want they want to get a little misty eyed and think that these two people have the best shot for happily ever after. Yes. And that was a good example actually, because I'd I I was wondering what the grand dress was. I couldn't remember. You know, it's been a while since we wrote it. And then I was thinking, Oh yeah, no, she painted the shop. She painted the front of the shop. And that was the one thing that Kirsty kept going on about all through the book. Oh, I really need to touch up the shop. And then Saffron did that for her. Uh say, so, yeah, like you With said. With her own two hands. Yes. She and didn't she, hire someone. No. And like you said, she's got a lot of money. She could have thrown a grand present at Kirsty, but she didn't she gave her the thing that she knew would mean a lot to her and she did it herself so and I think it was Emma who wrote in with this question hello Emma um I hope we're answering it well and and one of her questions was what is it and does the uh, gesture have to be grand no is what we're saying it's called the grand gesture but it can be a small thing but it's a grand thing in the terms of the relationship between the two main characters yeah basically it's because it's it's one of the things you need with a romance novel to work, you need to show the vulnerability. And it's a lot of things a lot of us, even in real life, have a very hard time doing because it's really hard to be vulnerable. And so, in my opinion, the, the sweeter the grand gesture and the more heartfelt, I think it's going to hit the readers just the way you want it to and not come across as corny because there are some grand gestures you're like, well, that was just weird. Why did that happen? <laughs> like, well, so, yeah, you don't need to throw a lot of money or, like, have a lot of people surround. It's, it's probably better with just the two. Yeah. Um, in in contrast to what TB's just said, because uh, I know one of Emma's uh, worries was making it too corny. For me, I'm not sure you can go too corny. I've had corny. People like corny. I like corny. Doesn't uh, doesn't Kate Winslet say that in the holiday? She says she says something like, "I'm all about corny" or something like that. I should know that line. I've watched that movie a lot. Uh, but you know, for instance, at um, in my novel before you say I do, where Jordan, the professional bridesmaid, falls in love with Abby, the bride. Now um, she tells her how she feels. Abby feels the same way, but she doesn't want to. She she can't contemplate not having this life that she's all planned out for herself and so on the wedding day Jordan puts it all on the line drives to the church gets out of the car and stops Abby just as she's getting out of the wedding car and tells her that she loves her and she can't walk away from this that is a showy grand gesture and that is a little bit corny I guess it's kind of the movie grand gesture it's a little bit like when Hugh Grant does it in Notting Hill where he says to Julia Roberts where Julia Roberts puts herself on the line and he says no it would never work and then he realises he's been a book and then he drives to the press conference and, and makes up for it. So I think that's kind of what I had in my head when I was writing that. 
I have a question about the grand gesture, and before you say I do. Okay. Does she do it in front of all the guests? No. She does it, uh, so she's there when the the wedding car pulls up. So she does it in front of the bridesmaids and her mum. That's it. Okay, I can get on board with that one. Because, well, she had to speak. Because <laughs> it was getting, the, there was a huge ticking clock on there, that one. You know, there was a deadline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I like, because I, I think I watched the um, first episode of The L Word when I was down and out with uh, my sinus infection. And have you seen the first episode of season no, two? No, it's, it's not out here yet. Okay, so there was a wedding scene, but it wasn't done in more private matter. It was done in front of everyone, and I was like, holy shit, that was a, that was a bit much for me. Yeah. <laughs> that was a bit much. But um, I can go on board with the smaller, and it can be a grand gesture like that. And it also could be the grand gesture where, like, We've seen it in movies where they're running through the airport to tell the person not to get on the plane. Yeah. I'm all for that one because yeah. that one's exciting too. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. That's the kind of stuff, but like, yeah. don't make all of the crowd part of it. No, no, I agree. And while I knew that when I was writing that, it was corny, I love it. I love that sort of cheese. So I was ready to layer it on top. See, I wouldn't think it's corny because that was really showing some vulnerability if she did it in front of the bridesmaids because bridesmaids have the brides back and they could beat you up yes <laughs> they could in fact the one of the bridesmaids tries to step in and the bride actually uh pushes her back and says no i want to hear this so you know uh she knew where she knew where it was going um and you know like in another one of my books uh this london love what the two leads are meg who's a florist and kate who is a magazine designer and meg the florist always complains that no one ever sends her flowers because she's a florist so when the shit hits the fan and their relationship goes tits up, Kate's grand gesture is to send Meg flowers every day. That, that works. Yeah. Goes with the story. Yeah. So, because that's the thing that Meg never got from anyone else. So that's the thing that you have to take into uh, whatever you're writing is, is it personal to the couple that you are writing about? has to mean something to them. And if it means something to them, it will mean something to your readers and your readers will get the feels. Absolutely, and you have to you have to um, plot the little kernels along the way, like where it's with Kirsty in One Golden Summer. Like she mentioned a few times that she wanted her shop painted, but she didn't have the money or the time. Like you, it's something that's it can't come out of the blue. So hopefully, hopefully we answered the question. Obviously, I'm of the opinion less is more. And you know, as I said, one of the things uh, you know that Emma was worried about was being cheesy. Don't worry too much about that. Just go with your gut and go with the, what the story demands. Just remember all the things that TB says because TB's wise. No one said that before in no. the show. <laughs> it's a one-time deal. It's a one-time deal. Anyway, do let us know what's your favourite grand gesture from um, any romance novel that you've read because you know most of them will have one or or a romance movie. Um, I do love Richard Curtis's grand gestures because they're always great. I guess I'm always trying to emulate those in my books. Literally. Is that the guy who did Notting Hill? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure who Richard Curtis was for a second. Yeah. You know, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Notting Hill, all those, all those sort of ones. The so, heyday of the British rom Yes. The very heyday. With, always with Hugh Grant. So do get in touch and let us know what your favourite grand gestures are and if you've got any uh, tips or tricks for doing them. Um, you can get in touch on the website, lesbianswhowriteup.com, via email, lesbianswhowrite at gmail.com. You can Facebook us, you can Twitter us at lesbianswhowrite and you can Instagram me at clairefic. And join us next time when we will be discussing 
something really great that we haven't decided on yet. But you know, we said that a few times, and you know you can rely on us, right? Is it going to be grand? It's probably not going to be quite as grand as this one, but you can't beat the grand gesture. Uh, it's it's what it's what the readers come for. Wait, they may not know it, but it's what they come for. I know it's what romance is all about. In the meantime, have a great week. Keep writing. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Lesbians Who Write. Follow us on Twitter at Les Who Write or show us some love on our website by leaving us a comment or buying us a coffee. And sign up to our newsletter while you're there to never miss another episode. Head over to lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more listeners to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time.